BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedel. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhymes. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chews. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chews. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I screwed up again. 
I ended up rooting for the bad guy. I do that sometimes. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Jesse the Oracle Kelly. I'm sorry, okay? It was one week. I warned you all the previous week that I was going to be gone for a week. I warned you multiple times, and poor Jewish producer Chris has been flooded with emails of people yelling at him of me being gone. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We are going to get to Governor Whitmer. Governor Ratchet, as I call her, caught without a mask. Why does that matter? I'll tell you. Dr. Fauci, he doesn't think COVID occurred naturally. Are we really going to unpack everything that means if we acknowledge that? Yeah, we are here today on this show. We're going to talk about killing spiders, leaving your job if they require a vaccine. We have all kinds of stuff today on the Jesse Kelly Show. And let's deal with the elephant in the room now. And no, I'm not talking about Chris because he's put on five or six pounds. The elephant in the room was what happened last week. Remember I said my, my grandpa had died. I had a funeral I had to go back to, so on and so forth. That didn't actually end up happening. I'll explain it in just a little bit on the show. I'll explain in about an hour what ended up happening there. But I also had to go to New York City for something. Something that was important. Well, hear me now, and I'm going to have to repeat this a couple times so everybody gets it. It turned out to be really, really important, and there are going to be significant changes to the Jesse Kelly show coming and not bad changes. The kind of changes <laughs> the kind of changes you're going to hear about probably before I even get to them. I will explain exactly what those are the second I'm allowed to. Do not write me emails, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, and ask me what it is or make guesses. Don't do it because I'm not allowed to say anything just yet. The second I'm allowed, I will tell you, and yeah, it's going to be pretty big. It's going to be pretty big. We'll get to all that as soon as I can. And, and I don't. I think it'll probably be Wednesday that I'll be allowed to say, maybe Thursday or Friday. I'm guessing this week I'll be allowed to tell you what's coming. But first, how often do you root for the bad guy? When you watch a movie. It's, it's happened on occasion. It's, don't act like it hasn't happened. How often do you get a soft spot in your heart for the bad guy? Or read a book for you people who read. Or when you read a book, how often do you root for the bad guy? It happens to me more often than I think it should. And sometimes, sometimes, because I know I'm a sociopath, right? You and I have had this talk a thousand times. I understand I'm an unfeeling moralist monster of a human being. I get that. But I feel like a lot of the time I watch something or I read something and I'm like, oh, the bad guy's way cooler. Kind of rooting for him. Chris said the Godfather. Actually, that, that's a great example, Chris. I'm glad you brought up the Godfather. Let's talk about somebody by the name 
of Meyer Lansky, also known as the mob's accountant. And I do have to do his deep, deep, deep background because I think it clarifies why I end up rooting for Meyer Lansky every time I read about him. Chris asked if he was Jewish. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. We'll get to that in a moment. Chris, could you be patient? The audience is being patient. They're sitting here being patient. You're sitting two feet from me trying to get ahead of the story. Chris is just excited because he's a Jew. You know what, Chris? You don't always have to play for the home team. All right? Jewish producer Chris is all kinds of into the show now. All right. Anyway, Meyer Lansky. He was born in Russia. Specifically, he was born in Belarus. I don't know anything about Belarus except I love saying it. It sounds really cool, and I want to visit there one day. Belarus sounds awesome, but he was born there, 1902. They don't know what day he was born, mainly because, and I'm, I'll, I'll, obviously he's going to immigrate to America here shortly in our story. The reason they don't know what day he was born is because immigrants were always lying on their immigration forms at Ellis Island. Either they didn't know what day they were born, because a lot of people, it's just not that big of a deal, right? And other times, they were trying to really appeal to American patriotism. So you can't imagine how many immigrants came through Ellis Island and listed their birthday as July 4th, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what Meyer Lansky did if memory serves me. <laughs> I was born on Independence Day. Ah, oh, wow. I mean, I guess I always was an American. Anyway, he's born 1902 in Belarus. This is the Russian Empire. Remember, this is pre-communism Russia. This is real uh, Orthodox Christianity Russia. Big, I mean, I don't want to call it a theocracy. It's ruled by a czar, but Christianity is huge there. And remember, you, you don't see much of this now. But historically, especially in Europe and, you know, Europe and Russia, even though I know Russia's part of Europe, kind of, there's been tension between Jews and Christians. The religious tension, ethnic tensions, that's the history of the world. Especially since Chris's people killed Jesus, we've been bitter about it. No, in all seriousness, that's not that. I mean, I guess it is part of that for some people. But in all seriousness, remember, Catholicism ruled Christianity for the longest time in Europe. And they banned... They, they thought the Bible was very explicit about banning, loaning money to somebody and charging interest. You weren't allowed to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, the Jews did not have any such compunction, and people want money. People want loans, and they're happy to pay the interest. So what happened was the Jews ended up taking up so much of the banking. That's why you have that stereotype, oh, the Jewish bankers. Well, yeah, they were the only ones willing to loan money with interest. But that creates tension, too. How many people do you know in your life who are big fans of banks? Do you know one? If you know one, I guarantee you don't know two, which I've always found odd. Again, I understand I'm cold and unfeeling, but a bank is just a place you allow to hold your money so they can loan it out and make money. I mean, you do get that, right? It's not a charity. It's not your own personal piggy bank with fancy windows. That's what they're there for. But there's something about a bank that rubs people the wrong way. It just bothers people. Nobody's a fan of the bank. So 
All the banks are run by Jews. Not all of them, but for the most part, they were all run by Jews. And this helps create a lot of resentment towards Jews. And that look, I don't want to discount the Christ thing, especially when you're in a super Christian part of the world, you know, pointing fingers. That, 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 that got big. There were pogroms everywhere, or pogroms. I've heard it pronounced both ways. And what those are was this. Hitler didn't invent the anti-Jew game in, in, in Europe. He didn't invent the anti-Semitic game. These pogroms were going on for a long time. Early 1900s, they were happening everywhere. And what a pogrom was, was oftentimes it was a local political leader of some kind, a local community leader. They would come up with a, a, a reason Sometimes it was, well, oftentimes it was an imagined reason, but they would come up with a reason to go attack the Jewish community. The Jews lived in a certain part of town, almost always. How did that look? Well, I'm about to tell you how it looked, and it's about to get really ugly, so I hope you're ready for this one. Buckle up. And we have a great show. Michael Mallett's coming up next hour. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Quitting tobacco is easy. N- nobody, nobody's ever said that. And if anybody tells you that, they've never done it. Or they've never, they've never been on dip or, or, or c- cigarettes for a long period of time. That's, people who say that stuff don't understand what it's like. And I understand when I got hooked on dip and I started dipping and dipping for years, that was nobody's fault but mine. I was, I'm not pointing fingers, but if you've never done it, you don't understand how hard it is to quit. That's why Jake's mint chew is so brilliant because it's not gum. It's not a patch. It's dip. I can put dip in my lip. It's just tobacco-free and nicotine-free and sugar-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. How will you make our world better? And some of you will go on to serve in our military and defend our country. And all in right, that all way, right. that's, that's, that's enough. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I told you it was going to get ugly. I thought it was going to be ugly with the pogroms, and then you had to play Kamala's voice, Chris. <laughs> Gosh, you know what? Maybe we don't appreciate Joe Biden enough. Do you have a clip of Biden saying something stupid, Chris? Find something. I mean, how hard can that be? Find me a clip really quickly of Joe Biden saying something stupid. And this is what I mean by we don't appreciate Joe Biden enough. Yes, I realize our president is not a functional adult. I understand that when he gets up to the microphone, he says things like this all the time. 
The reason I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. <laughs> I understand that that's it's, it's not ideal. Uh, it's not ideal for the commander-in-chief to be um, non-functional. I get that the world is on fire. Gas prices are through the roof. You can't buy a board for less than $10,000. It's inflation. Everything's terrible. Uh, Israel's having to go to war on their own. It's, 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 everything sucks. But, Chris, get that Kamala Harris clip ready. You do understand that when Biden's gone, one, we're not going to get the hilarious clips every day, and two, do you have any idea how often we're going to have to hear this voice? Build our country up, having the ability to see what can be created and what can be. Oh, gosh. All right, stop, stop, Chris. I'm getting the shivers. I'm getting the shivers. Just every time it's, oh, gosh, you get that feeling, you know, when you walk out and it's a little chilly. We have Michael Malice coming up next hour. I'm going to ask him what he thinks about Dr. Fauci, we've never actually talked to Dr. Fa- about Dr. Fauci with Michael Malice. I can't wait to get the Michael Malice take on that. And last hour, we have Emerald Robinson with Newsmax. She is uh, she's a little bit spicy at this point in time. I'll put it to you that way. All right, back to Meyer Lansky. Russia, Europe, pogroms, early 1900s. When a local community leader, a local politician would decide, I mean, somebody's shop gets uh, raided, someone gets robbed or stabbed, they would oftentimes rally, it's the Jews, the Jews did it. And they would essentially have the people rise up as a rabid mob and they would descend on the Jewish part of whatever city, whatever area they were in and... I debated whether or not I was going to tell you about this one, but I need you to understand the violence of pogroms. In one incident, and this is one, they, they took several forms. Women, oftentimes even very young ones, even very old ones were assaulted terribly in ways I don't want to talk about. In one incident, they ripped all the men out of their homes, burned down all their shops and homes, took the men outside of town where they gouged out their eyes and cut out their tongues. That is what I'm talking about. I don't I don't just mean somebody dragged outside and slapped around a little bit. Not that that's okay. I mean violence and death and terror. And because of this, because the Jewish community was living like this early 1900s, oftentimes Jewish gangs, and I don't even know if gang is a fair way to put it, a group of Jewish men would rise up in these areas and decide no more. No, but we are the protection squad now. The government not only won't protect us, but oftentimes the government is the one pushing this per- persecution of us. We've had enough. To which everybody right now is staring at the speaker going, oh, yeah, I can see that. Any of that sound familiar to you at all, by the way? Meyer Lansky grew up in that world. That's the world he grew up in, at least as a young child. Finally, as was happening often, 1911 comes and the Jew, his family just couldn't take it anymore. And they, just, they decided to immigrate to America. Come on over to America. 
They they live that early immigrant upbringing that so many people do to this day and back then. Fresh to the country, you're legally here, trying to get by, get whatever work you can. Dad's trying to make ends meet. Mom's trying to keep clothes on the kid's back. And now you have this child. He had several siblings, but you have this child named Meyer. Meyer was an excellent student. Meyer was quiet. Meyer was tiny. And I mean tiny, and that's going to come into play. As a full-grown adult, they think he was 5'1". We don't know exactly, but yeah, I mean a small human being. But... This small human being was just a different guy, and a couple different things happened to him when he was younger that show you that. One, his mother would oftentimes give him a nickel to send him up the street. There's a not wealthy people, and a nickel was significant money back then, would give him a nickel to go up the street and buy stew for the family so the family could have hot stew that night. One time, Meyer takes his nickel, leaves the house, sees a a neighborhood gambling game. I think it was crap game. They were playing on the sidewalk. Decides to go plink his nickel down and loses it. First turn. Had to walk back home and explain to his family in shame why they would not be eating hot stew that night. Meyer Lansky talked about it endlessly. That was the moment that shaped his life. He swore he would never be on the losing end of the odds again. And boy, did he turn that around. And another really cool Meyer Lansky story. I told you you were going to end up rooting for this guy. This was an era of gangs, just like now. Don't think what you're seeing now with these street gangs is unique. When you have an urban area and poor parts of an urban area, you will have violent street gangs. That is not an America thing. It's not a Chicago thing. It's not a New York thing. That is the history of the world. And this was the era of Irish gangs and Italian gangs and Jewish gangs because those were the main poor immigrant groups who had poured into town. They were all crammed in just a few, you know, just a couple square miles in New York. And they were all fighting each other. And oftentimes they were fighting each other along ethnic grounds. The Italians would fight the Jews, they'd fight the Irish. That was how it worked. A group of Irish gangsters surround Meyer Lansky one day. He's walking around with a plate of food covered in foil. He's a young kid. I think he was 12 or 13 at the time. They don't know exactly. He has a plate. The Irish guys have knives and clubs. They surround him and demand that he give them the plate and whatever money he had. This tiny boy, instead of handing it over, takes the plate, slams it on the ground and shatters it instead of giving it to them, and then picks up the biggest shard of it and slashes the throat of the leader of the Irish gang and supposedly wounds a couple others before the rest of the gang descends on him and beats him within an inch of his life, but didn't give up. And there's another story. This one would shape the rest of the life of Meyer Lansky. And I will get to that story in just a second. Don't forget, we have 
a significant announcement coming up this week on the show, and I mean significant. So you're going to want to stick around for that. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, and yes, I missed you too. Hang on. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is quiet. Have you ever had another air purifier? You probably have. We all have them now, mainly for allergies. But, I mean, look, it's always nice to clean up your air. But they're so loud and they're so big. You know what I'm talking about. That huge two, three-foot tower sits and takes up an entire corner of your room and sounds like an airplane is taking off. Yeah, not the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Not only does it work better than any other air purifier I've ever had, it's tiny. And I mean tiny. It's just this little black box that goes in your plug-in in the wall. I'm not telling you, by the way, to go get something that I haven't gotten. I own three of these things, three of them, and I'm not kidding. I'm getting a fourth. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's Medal of Honor Monday. Don't forget about that. We'll get to that in 20 minutes, maybe, maybe 25. (laughs) We'll get to that soon, all right? But every single Monday, the only good and decent thing we do on this show all week long is we read a Medal of Honor citation from one of our heroes. We do that because these men deserve to be remembered. Their deeds deserve to be remembered. And a culture, a society, it gets more of what it incentivizes. Right now, we incentivize a lot of crap. That's why we get a lot of crap. Maybe we should spend a lot more time on our heroes than our villains. Anyway, back to our story about Meyer Lansky. I already told you about the sweet plate fight story. There's another story. Remember, there's all this ethnic tension. He gets surrounded by an Italian gang. This is just part of that life. Again, same old story. Knives, billy clubs, everything. They demand his money. The Italian gangs would routinely do this, but so would the Jewish gangs. So would the Irish gangs. This was just standard shakedown stuff. They would demand protection money from you. That's not just something the mafia came up with later on in life. Oh, it's a great candy store you have here. Better pay us or someone may burn it down. Kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. That's just standard street gang stuff. They would do that to people just walking up the street, not just shops. These youth gangs would surround people and say, hey, better pay us 10 cents a week. Then we'll make sure nobody beats you up. 
And if you don't do that, they're going to beat you up right then and there. Well, this tiny guy, Meyer Lansky, tiny teenager, surrounded by these Italians with billy clubs and knives, looks at the leader of this group who's shaking him down and tells him, and this is a direct quote, go beep yourself. The leader of this group, because his men move in to beat the daylights out of this tiny little snot, the leader of this group says, whoa, 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 no. I like this kid. Ends up shaking his hands. And the leader of that group happened to be one Charles Lucky Luciano, an up-and-comer in the Italian criminal world. And here was the problem with the Italian slash Sicilian criminal world, because they really, they were the most powerful organized crime groups at the time. Well, they were run by more old school mobster guys, guys who were mostly born in Sicily. And they had strict, strict race rules, strict ethnicity rules. No, we're not working with Jews. No, we're not working with the Irish Those people were dirty. Those people were lower. Those people are stupid. They called those uh, Sicilian gangsters mustache peats. Well, in the eyes of guys like Charles Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky, they thought, well, that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't I work with the smart people no matter who they are? I I don't give a – I don't care that he's Jewish. Meyer Lansky didn't care that, that Luciano was Italian. What they cared about was money. And what they did was together, as they rose up through the criminal ranks, them and Bugsy Siegel, they eventually organized the assassination of the two Italian mob bosses in New York, and they took the place over. The second mob boss that got assassinated, his name was Maranzano, he watched the first guy, or he heard about the first guy getting assassinated and knew he had to protect himself, so he stayed locked up in his office most of the time. And when you're locked up in your office and you know there are rival Italians trying to kill you, you don't let any strange, quote, Italians into your office. You know who you do let into your office? Jewish guys. Who do you think they sent in to go in and take care of this little problem? That's right. They sent in Meyer Lansky's crew. His crew was a hired group of hitmen. He wasn't on it. But they sent in Jews to go in and finish off Salvador Maranzano. And then when they got done defeating these two Italian mob bosses, they created what was then called the commission where they decided, hey, this whole Jew versus Italian thing is really stupid. What we're going to do is we're going to divide up the country, divide up the industries. All this violence isn't good for anybody. And Meyer Lansky was critical in this. We are going to set up the mafia. We're going to set up America's organized crime like it's a corporation. Not like it's this weird little dictatorship of backstabbing. We're going to run it like a corporation. And to his credit, I mean, I mean, I understand he's a gangster and a bad guy, but to his credit, Lansky was adamant about this and had a, had a reputation for this his entire life. It's probably the reason he ended up dying of old age, not to give away the, old, the, the end of the story, but... He was all about honesty in his criminal dealings. What I, because the criminal world, I know you're going to find this shocking, is full of criminals. Criminals tend to be dishonest. Oh, yes, we will absolutely deliver that crate of uh, booze to you, and then they show up and kill you and take the money. Meyer Lansky was famous for his word being his bond. 
If he said he was going to do X, he did X. If he said he wasn't going to do Y, he didn't do Y. And he didn't just do that because of his Jewish background. He did that because, in his mind, that's just smart business. Why don't I acquire the reputation of being the honest one in my dealings? A handshake is good enough. Then I'll make more friends than enemies. The commission gets formed. They begin really dominating the United States of America, especially when it came to booze. This was during the era of Prohibition. They were thriving in this time. And then Meyer Lansky discovers something that turned out to really be his specialty, something he had dabbled in since a child, gambling. Meyer Lansky is probably as responsible for the rise of gambling in America as anybody in the history of the United States. He just looked at it as, and it's not as if he didn't invent fancy casinos or something like that. I don't want to act like that. But he looked at gambling and said to himself, this could be a cash cow if we, one, make it appealing to not just the street kids, not just the dirt balls. We can make this super appealing to high society by having fancy celebrities and fancy casinos. We can have pretty dresses on the girls and the men in the best suits, and we can have pretty cocktail waitresses walking around. We can make this for high society, and high society will lose money in the casino by the thousand, making us rich, and we can make them enjoy it in the process. And he starts to establish gambling meccas all over the country. And one of the one of the ways they do this, it was fascinating as you read up on him, is the mob would simply look for cities, not always major ones either. It doesn't have to be New York. They'd look for a city that had a city council, police chief, mayor who were more... <clears throat> pliable than other places. They would look for a city where they could simply buy off all the powers that be, and they would. And then they'd put gigantic casinos in there and people would flock to them and make fortunes in them, absolute fortunes in them. But there was one place they valued above all as far as a gambling mecca and Meyer Lansky had his eyes on it from the early, early, early days. I will tell you what that is in just a few. Don't forget, we have Medal of Honor Monday today. Don't forget to follow me on social media, at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. I'm not posting anything on social media right now. The next thing I do post on there will be the announcement that I'm going to give to you. So don't worry. As soon as I'm allowed, I'll tell you. We'll finish up Lansky next, and then we'll get to Michelle Obama lying her face off. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? 
When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly show. Oh, it is so good to be back in the chair. I I can't imagine what it must have been like for you to go a week without me. I'm so what, Chris? I'm surprised anybody's still alive, really. With the heart, what the heart? You don't understand what heartbreak can do to people, Chris. What? <laughs> Eight seven seven. Three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's wrap up Meyer Lansky because there's too much other fun stuff to get to today. Michelle Obama. People were shouting racist things that are you freaking liar. <laughs> All right, hang on. Hang on. Meyer Lansky recognized this little paradise called Cuba. Again, he wasn't the first one to throw a casino there, but he realized oh, this place could be America's mecca for gambling. And I have to tell you, doesn't it sound cool? I mean, Cuba is supposed to be, I've never been because I won't give my money to communists. Same reason I've never been to China. China has all this history, but I won't go because I'm not going to have a dime of my money spent with those dirty commies. But Cuba is supposed to be gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. The 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 environment itself, not so much the rundown communist streets, but the the uh, environment itself is supposed to be beautiful. So the mob invested heavily in casinos down in Cuba and made an absolute fortune in them. And then, as you know, if you know the story, if you listen to this show, Fidel Castro does his communist revolution down there promptly nationalizes all the industries and runs all the mobsters out of Cuba. The mob lost a fortune, a fortune when Castro took over. Then the CIA, because in general the CIA is pretty useless, then the CIA decided they'd use the Italian mob to assassinate Castro as if the Italian mob knows more about assassination than the Central Intelligence Agency does. Yeah, they can do a drive-by shooting on somebody, but this isn't the movies, you idiots. But they did try to work with the CIA to take down Castro, and of course that turned out to be a hilarious failure. And remember his friend, we mentioned him briefly, Bugsy Siegel. Meyer Lansky had this lifetime friend, Bugsy Siegel. They had also met his kids. They had fought together. Bugsy Siegel was a wild man. Uh, a real killer for hire. He was the muscle. Lansky was the brains for lots of their Jewish gangster days. Meyer Lans- or, uh, Bugsy Siegel, it should also be noted, 
was dating Hollywood actresses. They moved him out to Los Angeles to essentially set up real organized crime out there, and he did. If you look at a picture of the guy, I showed my wife a picture of it, but she said, oh, my goodness. Bugsy Siegel looks like a movie star. He does. And he was a nut job. And so that was appealing to women. I mean, you know what I mean? He's a mob hitman who looks like a freaking model. But he did have, he did have weaknesses. You see Bugsy Siegel, he saw there was already a, a casino or two in Las Vegas. No, he didn't put the first one there and decided this could be the new gambling mecca. And he started building the Flamingo. And the Flamingo was supposed to cost around $1.5 million. $6 million later, Bugsy Siegel was still overseeing the casino. And the problem for Bugsy Siegel was he wasn't getting that money from Merrill Lynch. He was getting that money from the mafia. There were several times Bugsy Siegel had stepped on too many toes. They think he was probably skimming profits. He was definitely getting ripped off by contractors because Siegel didn't know what he was doing. And contractors will rip you off badly if you don't know what you're doing. There were several times the mob got together and decided we want to kill him. And several times Meyer Lansky stepped in and said, no, that's the kind of power Meyer Lansky's had. No, you're, you're not going to kill my guy. No. And then Meyer Lansky sent one of his close personal friends out to see Siegel and say, hey, you've got to stop. We have to change all this. You're in serious trouble. You're losing money. Bugsy Siegel was a basket case by this point in time. Apparently, he assaulted the guy and physically kicked him in the rear end to get out of the office. After that, the mob got together and asked Lansky again, hey, can we take care of this guy? And this is the rumor. We'd obviously, they didn't record the meeting. The rumor was Lansky said, yeah, go ahead. And remember, Siegel was the best man at Lansky's wedding. And it wasn't very long after that. Bugsy Siegel's eyeball was sitting in one part of the room and the rest of his body was sitting in another. He sat down on a sofa in Los Angeles and somebody took a high-powered rifle from just 20 meters away and filled him full of holes with it. You can look at a picture of that too, by the way. It's not too gruesome. It's in black and white, but there's a picture of Bugsy Siegel dead. And and yes, you'll, you'll see an, an eye socket where there used to be an eyeball. Meyer Lansky did a couple other cool things. We told the story about the German-American boon to the rise of Hitler and the Nazis, and that we had some American Nazis here, and Meyer Lansky had a U.S. congressman sit down with him and say, hey, we can't legally do anything. You're allowed to be a Nazi here. It's a free country. But we wouldn't mind it if you and your boys took care of this. Meyer Lansky and his boys spent their time beating up the Nazis and throwing them out of windows and stuff. <laughs> All right, I'll wrap this up, and then it's on to Michelle Obama. Hang on. Your gear is as important to saving your life as the bullets in your weapon. You understand that, right? That is one of the things in the Marine Corps they taught us time and time and time again, that your socks are as important as your ammunition. When I tell you to get your gear 
from Northwest Retention Systems. I'm not just saying that because they have really cool looking gear, like my you know, come and take it holsters and 1776 holsters and Donald Trump holsters and all the other endless design. It's not because of that. It's because of the quality. Yes, it looks good, but quality saves your life when it comes to gear. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com for custom-made gear that's made right here in America. Use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Meyer Lansky's life. Well, you know he never really got in trouble with the law. Couple illegal gambling things. The guy never even went to prison. Died of old age in his 80s in Miami. Yeah, I know, Chris. Like I said, it's hard not to cheer for the guy. But that is the story of the mob's accountant. Now... We have to do a little transition here, and it is time. It is time for a frank discussion about our culture, about our society, and about something we have really, really, really screwed up here. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to Medal of Honor Monday. We're going to do all that next on The Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Send me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Let's have a chat. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. According to one of the sites, OKCupid, people who display their vaccination status are 14% more likely to get a match. We have finally found the one thing that makes us all more attractive, a vaccination. (laughs) What in the world? It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man. You you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. And don't email me and say, Jesse, I've been posting anything. I'm not posting anything on social media. Until I'm allowed to make the big announcement that's coming. And one thing that's always bothered me about radio shows I've loved or TV shows I've loved is they'll tease a big announcement. And then they'll get there and be like, we added a new phone screener to the team. I'm never going to do that to you. If I say I have an announcement 
then it's an announcement. I'm simply going to update you on the show. If I ever get behind the microphone and tell you I have a big announcement, and I'm very much telling you that right now, just know I have a big announcement. And as always, I will be frank with you the second I'm allowed to about what it is, about what the changes are going to be and everything else. And let me just reemphasize this one more time. You know you can email me anything you want. They all, all your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all off for me. I read every single one of them. I won't respond. I get way too many. I, get, I read every one. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can email me anything you want. Love, hate, death threats. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Do not email me asking me what it is. Do not email me saying, will you tell me if I guess? Do not email me that. I can't say anything until I'm allowed. Not even to you. My own mother doesn't know. So you're not going to know either. Now, to our story. This is from Insider.com. The headline is, Michelle Obama's former Secret Service agent says she could do nothing when witnessing racist slurs directed at the former First Lady. The lady's name is Evie Pomporis. I am positive I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I went to community college. You get what you get on this show. The former Secret Service agent, Evie Pomporis, says an upsetting part of her previous job was not being able to protect Michelle Obama from racist slurs or signs while on duty. Pomporis served on the Presidential Protective Division for the First Lady and President Barack Obama during their time in the White House. She also protected George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and George H.W. Bush during, their, during her 12 years in the Secret Service. Writing her 2020 memoir, Becoming Bulletproof, Pomporis recalls feeling outraged when seeing a racist sign directed at the First Lady. As the first black First Lady of the United States, Mrs. Obama had to withstand certain kinds of disparagement that none of her predecessors ever faced. I was on protective detail when we were driving to a school to deliver a speech. We passed someone on a bridge holding up a shockingly racist sign directing at her, directed at her. I remember feeling outraged and bloody, bloody, bloody. When it came to speech, they would call them names. They could say whatever they wanted. Okay, a couple things here. Let's just be frank about what this whole thing is. This is an ex-Secret Service agent trying to sell books. That's one. Let's be honest about that. That's, that's the first thing. But the second thing, in any society, any society, your culture, your culture will set up things it wants more of, and it will discourage things it doesn't want. That's what cultures do, period. And I'm not saying that's always good or bad. In fact, ours is very bad at this point, and I'll explain why in a moment. But cultures, uh, Sparta, ancient Sparta is a great example. We've talked about them a dozen times on the show. They were the ancient Greek military culture out there, and they simply believed in military power. They wanted military power. And so because that was the goal, they incentivized that in every part of their society, they took the boys away from their mothers at seven years old. You left home to go start military training. The women, the Spartan women, were supposed to be absolute dimes. Why? 
because the women themselves had a strict group workout regimen. Why? They believed a strong mother combined with a strong father would do more to create a strong son that could then give you the military power. Is all this super healthy? Probably not. Probably not the most well-rounded society when you're taking babies that appear a little weak and chucking them off a cliff. I think we can all agree that's not ideal. But you see what I mean? You get more of what you incentivize. The Spartan culture was full of strong men and strong dime women. American culture has become something sick. It's become rotted. And it's become this because we have chosen to incentivize being a victim. Let's be frank about this. Michelle Obama didn't have racist signs and racist slurs slung her way. How do I know that? Because this is the era where every single stupid interaction between two idiots in a Waffle House at 3 a.m. is recorded on a camera. When the First Lady of the United States of America is anywhere in the vicinity, virtually 360 degrees is being filmed at all times. Why don't we have a single picture, video, audio of any of this? Because it didn't happen. Okay, it didn't happen. Why say it happened? Because we've made being a victim the most appealing thing you can be in this country. And that's why we're failing so bad. I'll never forget that story about LeBron James. You remember that story, Chris? For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I I understand you're probably not NBA fans. After all the garbage they've pulled, you know I don't watch it anymore. I used to love it, but I don't watch it anymore. But LeBron James is the NBA's biggest star. That's all you need to know. One of the biggest sports stars in the world. One of the most famous people in the entire world. I think he's worth $500 million now. I may have that wrong. He's on his way to a billion. He's just one of those mega guys who just owns everything. We're talking about a kid who had a rough upbringing, has managed to use his athletic gifts and very, very, very hard work to climb to to become one of the great basketball players of all time. He's now worth half a billion dollars has an entourage, private jets, champagnes, pretty girls, fancy mansions, big pool, the works, right? LeBron James moves out to Los Angeles and promptly calls in a report to the police that someone has sprayed something racist on the gate at his home, his fancy multi-million dollar mansion. By the time the cops get there to check it out, Oh, oh, sorry, someone had already painted over it. Someone on his staff had already painted over it. Okay, so obviously he lied about that whole thing. He lied. But why would he lie? Well, because LeBron James, this is just a fact. I don't need you to hate LeBron James right now. I can't stand it, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. LeBron James woke up that morning, the morning of the race hoax, and looked around and said to himself, Okay, let me open up my phone and open up my investment app. And you know how you and I open up our investment apps and we're like, wow, $14,000. Nice. I I should be able to retire when I'm 150. LeBron James opened up his that morning and said, oh, you know what? Shoot. I need to remember to move $20 million from this over to this because, yeah, you know what? That $100 million is doing well. 
That's what he saw. He then, I don't know his personal life, but you know what? We're going to continue with this in just a moment. Hang on a second. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm? Do you know I threw away my allergy medication? I threw away my allergy medication. I had that stuff you buy over the counter all the time in the pharmacy. And I'd pop, sometimes I'd pop more than one a day. I know that's unhealthy, but that's how bad my allergies were. I would wake up in the mornings. And I would have tears coming out the side of my eye, of whichever side of my head was laying down on the pillow. I threw it away after I got my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. That's how incredible this thing is. And it's more than just that. It kills and prevents the spreading of mold and fungus. It kills bacteria. It kills deadly viruses. This thing makes your family healthier. I own three of them. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We're going to get to Medal of Honor Monday here in just a minute. I do want to wrap this up on this Michelle Obama story. On the, uh, the LeBron, James, LeBron James, we transferred over the, the LeBron James race hoax and what our culture incentivizes. And we said the morning he committed that race hoax, the morning of, you know, he committed it at night. He woke up that morning. He checked out his investment apps and moved around his $400 million. He woke up in a 10, 20. You know what, Chris, while I'm doing this, go ahead and look up the, uh, the worth of LeBron James's home, one of his homes. I'm sure he has several. I don't know his situation, married, girlfriend, whatever, but if he's unmarried, he looked at his phone and had 25 text messages from supermodels. Probably got up and uh, bathed in champagne and caviar. Maybe hopped on a Learjet, flew, flew, up to, flew up to Seattle because he wanted to have lunch up there. This is what rich people do. Flew up to Seattle to have lunch, flew back to his home. And then at the end of that day, when he was done with all that, signed some autographs, took some pictures, had a couple steaks. At the end of that day, LeBron James sat down and said to himself, man, you know what I'm missing? I need to be a victim. That's when you've gotten to an unhealthy place. And as a culture, we have gotten there. And this, this is something that knows no race. It knows no gender. People are dying to be victims out there of anything. Just find me something to be a victim of. I was a victim of this store, this company, this person, this, 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 that. I'm a victim of this. I, I personally have been oppressed. Look how oppressed I am. Instead of a country of accomplishment, 
why isn't why isn't LeBron James out there saying, look at what America has given me. Look at what my hard work and the blessings of this nation have given me. Go and do likewise. Work hard. Grind. Chris said Obama too. Oh, 100%. Both, uh, both Obamas. Look at what this country can do for you. What a place. The best. Instead, what do you get? Constant. Constant need to be a victim. That's because we've done it. The reason they're like that is because as a society, we've decided that's the highest form of achievement, being a victim of something instead of overcoming something, accomplishing something, and it's killing us, absolutely killing us. Yes, I'm going to get to Governor Whitmer here in a moment getting busted, busted eating indoors, no mask. I'm going to get to Michael Malice here in just a few minutes as well. We're going to get his thoughts on Fauci and all this new business. But what do you say we wash all the gunk off us and do a little Medal of Honor Monday, huh? You see, I'm a bad person. I acknowledge that. I'm a bad person. We're bad people on this show. We don't do anything right. Except for one thing. Every Monday we read a Medal of Honor citation. We do that specifically because of the culture stuff we were just talking about. This is the stuff we should incentivize. You should wake up every day and want to be like this, and you can't be like this if no one ever tells you about this. If you don't ever get to hear the stories, we have to hear these stories. So let us read the story of one Raymond G. Murphy, United States Marine Corps Semper Fi, my brother. This was in Korea. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as a platoon commander of Company A in action against enemy aggressor forces. Although painfully wounded by fragments from an enemy mortar shell while leading his evacuation platoon in a support of assault units attacking a cleverly concealed and well-entrenched hostile force occupying commanding ground, 2nd Lieutenant Murphy steadfastly refused medical aid and continued to lead his men up a hill through a withering barrage of hostile mortar and small arms fire, skillfully maneuvering his force from one position to the next and shouting words of encouragement. Undeterred by the increasing intense enemy fire, he immediately located casualties as they fell and made several trips up and down the fire-swept hill to direct evacuation teams to the wounded, personally carrying many of the stricken Marines to safety. When reinforcements were needed by assaulting elements, 2nd Lieutenant Murphy employed part of his unit as support and during the ensuing battle personally killed two of the enemy with his pistol. With all the wounded evacuated and the assaulting units beginning to disengage, he remained behind with a carbine to cover the movement of friendly forces off the hill and, though suffering intense pain from his previous wounds, seized an automatic rifle to provide more firepower when the enemy reappeared in the trenches. After reaching the base of the hill, he organized a search party and again ascended the slope for a final check on missing Marines, locating and carrying the bodies of a machine gun crew back down the hill, wounded a second time while conducting the entire force to the line and departure through a continuing barrage of enemy small arms fire, artillery, and mortar fire, he again refused medical assistance 
and to assure that every one of his men, including all casualties, had preceded him to the main lines. His resolute and inspiring leadership, exceptional fortitude, and great personal valor reflect the highest credit upon 2nd Lieutenant Murphy and enhance the finest traditions of the United States Naval Service. That's what you incentivize. That's what you want more of. Lead your men up the hill. Who's the last one off the hill? It'll be me. Forget about all this victim crap. That's what you go be. Oh, by the way, in case you missed any part of the show, the whole show is available after the show on iHeart and Google and Spotify and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. But, Chris, specifically, we have a few new ones that I thought I thought they really nailed it. This one's titled, This Pains Me to Admit It, and this is from Frito Carlito. If there is one good thing that has come from Jesse's absence this week, it's that I can now appreciate how handsome he truly is. One of those guys who has it all, but admitting it would mean facing my own shortcomings as a man. Please come back. The world is brighter and more, a more handsome place with you dropping knowledge and Frito Bandito jingles into my ears. This one's titled Jesse Kelly, a great show, and he's so handsome. I'd switch teams. <laughs> Quit being vulgar, people. This one says Jesse kills it. Fantastic podcast. My new favorite. I only have one complaint. Is it absolutely necessary to have a picture of the Oracle on the podcast? I shouldn't have to look at that movie star handsome mug just to listen to the daily hits to my self-esteem now almost seem cruel. I can't be the only one having this issue. What, Chris? Sorry people are honest. They're just being honest with us. All right. This whole Fauci thing, this headline, man. The headline is, uh, this is my, from my buddy Jerry Dunlavey, Washington Examiner. Fauci no longer confident COVID-19 emerged naturally. Okay, well, I'm actually not going to go into too much Dr. Fauci stuff because I'm going to hand that off to Michael Malice, the great Michael Malice, who's going to join us next here in about a minute. But I am going to ask you to do something for me. Michael Malice comes next, you know that. But during the Malice interview and during the break and whatnot, I want you to sit back and ponder what it really means if coronavirus came from a lab in China on purpose. Hang on. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Munch, 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 bunch of Fritos. Miss something? There's a pot. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. Your gear can be the difference between you going home at night and seeing your family again or them planning a funeral for you. I know that's direct, but I want you to understand a gear failure at the time you need it most can cost you your life. I will not buy a holster from a big box hunting store. Ah, uh, we, we made these in, in China and, and printed them off 10,000 at a time. Nope. 
I get everything I carry through Northwest Retention Systems because it's not only American-made, everything is custom-made. Northwest Retention Systems, it means the world to me. It can be the difference between me seeing my wife and kids again. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. According to one of the sites, OKCupid, people who display their vaccination status are 14% more likely to get a match. We have finally found the one thing that makes us all more attractive, a vaccination. I don't understand this world anymore. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Joining me now, host of Your Welcome and author of the anarchist handbook that he teased us with forever, the great Michael Malice. Michael, you and I have never really talked too much about the vaccine. I'm more along the wait, lines. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. Are you kidding? My book's number four in all of Amazon right now. Do you want to talk some vaccine? Yes. Where's my kudos? Yes. Yes, this I want to talk about This is a major accomplishment. <laughs> vaccine. Who cares? <laughs> That's, this is 2020, you know number what? four on all of Amazon. You know what, Michael? It's, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead? You just, you have the floor and brag. Just, just go. You've got you got a minute. Brag about your book. Just go, Michael. Bragging. Just go. You should be uh, you should be thanking me <laughs> for, the, for taking the time. I'm, I had the most popular. I was the most popular nonfiction author in all of America yesterday, and now I'm number two. To back, Mark Levin pulled ahead. And I've got the time for you and your audience. Uh, you go to anarchisthandbook.com. <laughs> and I did this without any publishing support. This is just because of word of mouth, because of people in the audience wanting to learn more and wanting it to succeed. So thank you and thank them. Anarchisthandbook.com. Everybody, please look for no other reason than just let's let's puff the man's ego up a little bit more. He did take the time to grace us with his presence today. So please, Bookstar, are, are we allowed to move on to other topics or should we stay on this the rest of the time? Now? I think the only person here who could use the royal we is me. Oh, gosh. I, I'm, I've got I'm the royalty here talking to some uh, community college uh, dropout. You know, like, that's fair. You know, in, in all fairness, on the book front, because I've, I, I was asked about this about a year ago. You're going to write a book. You're going to write a book. You should write a book. I can't write. I hate writing. I, you could put a microphone in front of me, and I would happily talk for two, three hours. That's fine. You ask me to type out a thousand words, and I cannot do it. Like, I get a feeling in the pit of my stomach like I'm going to vomit. How does one make themselves do that? You get a co-author. Oh, you. That's how everyone else does it. <laughs> you know? No, I'm serious. No, but here's the problem. I, and I, everyone knows I'm a sociopath, and I don't have morals, and I've never pretended Sociopaths otherwise. Sociopaths are charming, Jesse. Yes. <laughs> You're just a jerk. <laughs> you know what? All right, that's fair. That's fair. But I would feel like I'm lying if I had a ghost threaded. Wouldn't that feel dishonest? I would feel icky. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Okay. Uh, there is a certain insincerity to it, especially you know for the audience. Whenever you see your, your people you're a fan of on these shows hawking their books, many of them are literally illiterate. 
So, so let's get some perspective. Like 99, and um, that's a small percentage of books are co-authored. If you look at, um, you know, Bill O'Reilly, he's got his cottage industry, and what's his name, um, uh, um, Brian Kilmeade. They have the co-author's name on the cover. They didn't write their books. Doesn't mean they didn't come up with the ideas and concepts. But this is universal. You know, I have no problem with it if you're dropping the guy's name on the cover. If yeah. if you're not, if it's just your name out there, then that's a little dirty. That's a little dirty. Oh, it is. All right, enough about your fancy author life, okay? We're here to talk about serious issues today. Snakes or spiders? Which one are you more scared of? Uh, I am more scared of spiders because of the darting. What darting? They don't dart. That's only in the movies. There's like one spider that darts. They don't dart. Tarantulas dart. They don't make webs. Oh, gosh. Tarantulas don't even bite people. All right, you know what? We're not going into it. Fauci no I, longer Excuse confident. me. I'm the one with the zoology background. Tarantulas <laughs> most certainly bite people. And tarantulas oh. have hairs that they shed, which cause you to itch severely. Oh, I'm sorry. The spider is going to itch you. The snake is going to melt your internal organs in like How? 30 seconds. Yeah. How would it be able to bite me? Their jaws don't open that much. Okay. You've got to have a big viper to do that. Oh, and they're not going to be indigenous to North America. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Focus. Dr. Fauci, no longer confident COVID-19 emerged naturally. I don't think we've ever unpacked what this means if China did this intentionally have we i mean let's be honest that's an act of war is it not am, am i am i missing something here uh, yeah because an act of war would require will on behalf of our ruling class and i can very easily see them and i'm sure you can as well just matter of fact we burying on page a17 that this was man-made and expecting everyone to just not bat an eye and move on and and be angrier about what russia did in 2016 and they would do this with a straight face and pull it off don't you think why though what why is there no and i know this probably sounds hokey is there no patriotism at the highest levels anymore and i I really genuinely mean this is the head of this agency or or this fancy general or are they not at their hearts patriots anymore or does that get lost when you achieve a high enough level in the system they've never been patriots that's a complete delusion and i'll give you one example clement attlee who was the british prime minister first labor prime minister post-world war ii he specifically said i you know i'd rather be a citizen of the world than a citizen of the united kingdom that's one you know public example but hillary clinton is always going to have more in common with angela merkel than with some kind of uh, uh some union worker in the middle of uh, nebraska for example uh these people are globalists and their only allegiance is the power it's never to their own country why is that a thing now but it wasn't always a thing michael is it because of travel i mean they had world travel back in the day but like our our titans of industry back in the day yeah they were scumbags and all these other things but they loved the country and most other countries were that way too their titans of their industries love their country why weren't they globalists then what changed who, I mean, who do you, who, how far back are you going? Like, who, I mean, starting with Woodrow Wilson, Woodrow Wilson loved America because he saw it as a vehicle for world conquest and domination. So he didn't love America in the sense that you love America. He, he loved its strength to be used as a weapon of malevolence. Um, so I, I, I think it's been a long time. Uh, if you look at like Lyndon Johnson or Nixon, I mean, are you really seeing big patriots there? Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. I I guess I'm probably making the mistake I warn other people not to make is looking at history through rose-colored glasses. So basically, they've always been scummy is what you're telling me. 
Yeah, of course. If they weren't scummy, why would they be going into politics? I'm, I'm quite serious. Talk about sociopaths. I mean, these people are sociopaths, but they're good at it. Are the politicians worse for America than the corporations that have gone hardcore left? Because I think corporations no. going left is actually almost as damaging as the education system going left. I'll give you one. I don't think going left. I think they've been left. They're just you've got you got better glasses now. I'll give you a very easy example. Who do you think this? In the audience, the easy example. Who do you think despises you more and your lifestyle? Nancy Pelosi or the New York Times editorial board? Nancy Pelosi is a crook. Mitch McConnell's a crook. Nancy Pelosi does not want you dead in the same way that the New York Times editorial board wants you dead. Good grief. Is, Am I wrong? No, you're not. No, you're not wrong. It's just hard to wrap your mind around because I don't look at the world in that way. But in their way, I mean, like I don't just don't look at huge sections of the population and think, wow, I wish they weren't here anymore. And it's hard to accept that they do, but they really do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they're pretty open about it, uh, you know, very frequently. You just saw in 2020 when they were perfectly happy that if someone didn't wear a mask or didn't get vaccinated, to bring it back to what we were saying earlier, died. You know, it's just like, oh, if you don't want a mask and something bad happens, do good. It's like, OK, well, I, I don't think that that's the kind of karma that you should be wishing on someone because they've made at worst an uninformed choice. Michael Malice. All right. You know what? Take the last 15 seconds. Where can they get the book? It really is a great book, by the way. Where can they get it? Anarchisthandbook.com. It doesn't even take 15. And uh, thank you so much. for. I, I'm shocked at how well it's doing. And I got to tell you, Jesse, now you can start bugging me about where the white pill is. Oh, that'll gosh. be out by the end of the year. Oh, gosh. All right. It's coming. Michael Malice, anarchisthandbook.com. Thank you, my brother. Always a pleasure, Jesse. Thank you. Okay. Let's have a rare, very, very serious discussion on the show. What if China did all this on purpose and we come to find that out? Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. America, love it or leave it. If you don't have respect in American democracy anymore, if you don't respect 
Madisonian checks and balances. If your guy doesn't win, if that's the new rules of engagement for this great republic, then just leave our country. Because you're unworthy of it. And there are millions of immigrants who will come here and raise their right hand and buy into the creed and believe that we are exceptional, that believe American democracy is the greatest government on the face of the earth. And they will do it proudly. They will salute the flag proudly. You know where he went wrong there? It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can always tell who the statists are. They always end up letting it slip when they say the American government is the best. America is not the government. In fact, in this country, very, very, very much the opposite. Very much the opposite. But so many people out there, all the true statists, they think the country is the government. You, oh, you just, you serve, you serve the government. Our Constitution opens with the words, as trite as it sounds, we the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government. What? What? What are we talking about? No, we're not. No, we're not. All right. I'm not going to take forever on this. I just I just want us all to have a brief, serious moment before I move on to your emails. I'll tell you about the funeral that I ended up missing and everything else. But this is from the Wall Street Journal. Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019 that they sought hospital care. I'm not going to bore you with all the criminal amount of details there are out there about there from this date and then this virology expert and then this research and this article linked it. Just understand this. There is a mountain of evidence out there that points to this virus coming from this virology center. Okay, that means virus possibly created in a lab. I think we're at the point now we have to acknowledge it was created in a lab. And now it's time to ask the second very, very, very uncomfortable question that you and I have to ask. Was it released on purpose or not? I don't want you to ever forget this fact. China. When coronavirus was spreading across China and killing Chinese citizens, China shut down air travel inside their country and allowed air travel to the United States of America. No restrictions. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't fly to Shanghai. Oh, you want to fly to L.A.? Of course. Hop on a plane. We'll put you on first class. Oh, sorry about that. You got a little, <coughs> you got a little cough. You're fine. If China released coronavirus on the West on purpose, how is that not an act of war? That's the release of a biological weapon. 
that in and of itself is a war crime. That's a war crime. That's against the Geneva Convention. That's a war crime. And we're now approaching a point where that looks like the likely scenario. The likely scenario? What does that mean for you and me? What does that mean for you and me as a nation? What does it mean for us as a nation? Can you be a powerful nation at all if you allow another country to intentionally release a biological weapon within your borders? Kill 500,000 of your people, watch their government slaughter their economy to the tune of trillions and not do anything about it? Can we afford to not do anything about it? But let's be adults here. What's the alternative? Let's not you and I bang the war drums so some 18-year-old has to go get shot in the face in the jungles of China. But we have to do something, don't we? If China really if China released this intentionally. Look, if it was a big accident, we can have another conversation. You're going to have to help people out, pay people back, things like that. If China released that intentionally, That's an act of war. That's an act of war. And on the scale of things, that's an act of war, both financially and loss of life wise, several times bigger than Pearl Harbor. Several times. You realize that, right? What's the number, Chris? 2,500 or so Pearl Harbor? Somewhere in there. What's our body count now? Coronavirus? 500,000? So let's just factor in the fact that about half of those probably died of something else, but 600,000? All right, so in reality, that's 300,000 people have probably died from coronavirus? What are you and I prepared to do about that? What should we do about that? All right, emails, funeral, Governor Whitmer, the works. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping. That's the best way I can say it. It will help you quit dipping. I tried and failed to quit dipping more times than I will ever be able to explain to you here on the radio. I know you think I'm perfect, but look, quitting dipping is really hard. And what was hardest to me was the routine. When you're a dipper, you dip at certain times after a workout or whatnot. I dipped after meals. That was just, it was part of my routine. And I don't mean for a month, years, I would eat a meal, throw a dip in. That's when I would struggle. When I was trying to quit, I'd get done with a meal and I look at that can of dip. Jake's Mint Chew lets me put in that dip. Tobacco free and nicotine free. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. (laughs) 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All those, all your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read every one of them. I will not respond. I get way too many. Yes, I was gone all week last week. I understand that you barely survived not hearing... What, Chris? You barely survived not hearing the sultry sounds of my voice. (laughs) But I'm back. And I come back um, bearing news. Very, very, very big news. News I cannot share with you yet. But the second I'm allowed to, I will share it. And it is all good. Don't worry. It is good. All right. It's time for your emails and my funeral story. Hang on. Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We've already had one braggart on the show today, Michael Malice coming on talking about his book. Emerald Robinson, I mean, she's a Tennessee girl, so I don't think she'll be as much of a braggart, but Emerald Robinson was all over this Fauci coronavirus came from the lab. Fauci was involved with the lab. She was all over this story like a year and a half ago. In the very beginning, she was all over it. And the media flat out mocked her. And now they're printing stories about that in the Wall Street Journal. So we're going to give Emerald Robinson the chance to spike the football. You know what I don't want, Chris? I don't want humility. I don't want her to come on and be like, oh, I just said, look, I really owe my team. See, I never give credit to anyone else except for me. Even when it's something I had nothing to do with, I take all the credit, make the other guy prove otherwise. That's the key to success. (laughs) Anyway, you remember last week I told you I was going to be gone because my grandpa Hank died and I had to go back for a funeral and then I had to go to New York City for a bunch of business stuff. Well, I was half right. And this is why I mean by how I was half right. Grandpa Hank's funeral was on last Tuesday. Monday, we were packed up to fly out, had a bunch of stuff we had to pull together for for the trip, and I was going to be gone for a week and whatnot. So obviously, I didn't do the show on Monday. And we take off for the airport Monday evening. We got a straight shot. We're flying straight from Houston. Whole family, you know, me, the old ball and chain and two kids. We're flying straight from Houston back to Pittsburgh. And from there, it's like an hour and a half to get to in Ohio where they were doing the funeral. 
Pittsburgh's on the it's Pittsburgh's on on the Ohio side of Pennsylvania, Chris. It's like the best major airport on that side of the state. Do you not understand how geography works? Can you pull up a map while I tell the story, please? Anyway. We're getting to the airport, and this is as we're pulling on the airport road. You know, you're on the road where you're starting to see Terminal D, Terminal C, and things like that. And wham, this thunderstorm hits. And I mean thunderstorm. And it's not that it's raining hard, although that is. And it's not that there's thunder and lightning. It's that it's raining really hard, and there's thunder and lightning Right on top of us. You know how they do that thing where you see the lightning, then you're supposed to count how many seconds till the thunder gets there? There weren't seconds until the thunder gets there. It was lightning, boom, and over the airport. And as we're driving in, we're at the last intersection as we're heading into the airport. And we pull up to the red light. And I'm the first car at the red light. We pull up to the red light, and there is lightning and thunder going off everywhere. If, if anybody, I know we're I know we're nationwide now, but I know we have a bunch of listeners in Houston as well. That was my first station, my home station, the great KPRC in Houston. People in Houston will remember last Monday's storm. It was that big. I'm sitting at the red light, and boom, we get another one of these uh, lightning bolts and thunder. Did you like the my own sound effects there, Chris? What? That's exactly what thunder sounds like, Chris. Anyway. The red light goes out. It immediately goes from doing the red, yellow, green thing to just starts blinking red. And and the wife and I look at each other and say, well, that's, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign at all. But what are you going to do? We, I mean, there's nothing else to do. We drive, park it. We get into the airport. We get checked in. And, of course, this happens once you get through security. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Houston's International Airport. The airport itself shut down. No flights incoming, no flights leaving. And not only did the airport shut down, they didn't even give you an update on when it would open back up again. They just kept saying, they kept coming on the intercom every half hour and saying, we will have another update for you at 4 o'clock. We will have another update for you at 5 o'clock. We will have another update for you at 6 o'clock. And we're waiting. And we start looking at alternate ways to get back to Pittsburgh, you know, flying back to Pittsburgh. Only the because it's such a major airport, it blew up air travel for the entire country on Monday. Because it's a major airport with flights coming in and out. So there was nothing else to book. Everything was done. Finally. So what we keep doing, because I know you're going to find this shocking, because it's me, I like to eat when I'm in the airport. We end up eating dinner three times. Every time every time they postpone it, I'm just like, well, family, stand up. Let's head to another restaurant and try something else. No, I'm not even kidding. We had pizza. We had this Chinese food dumpling place. We had burgers. And I think after, gosh, four hours, four or five hours in the airport, they just flat out said, Flight's canceled. It's not going out. Well, the funeral was the next morning at like 11 a.m. And because my flight was canceled and everyone else in the airport's flight was canceled, what they did was everybody at the same time, all the airlines, they're all rebooking everyone right away. By the time we get done with this whole affair, and we're talking, we're talking another two or three hours on the phone with the airlines. 
there were no flights that were going to get me to my grandpa's funeral in time for the funeral. A great man lived to his nineties, and I mean, I mean, again, I don't, I don't need you to email condolences or something like that. He was a great man. That's a wonderful life. That's a celebration. Lived into his nineties, veteran, farmer, owned a lumber yard. Just a great, great human being. Had all these kids and grandkids, and it just, just the ultimate patriarch. Like you want a patriarch like that, passed away, and I had to miss that stinking guy's funeral because of air travel. There's nothing you can do about that. And then moved on to New York City. Where we got some news. We got some news for the show. I will update you the second I can. I should probably go ahead and thank you now. Because apparently the show got pretty popular. Like really popular. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Email. Jesse, the Sombrero Kelly. For those unaware, don't roll your eyes, Chris. This is my nickname. For those unaware, I realize we have a bunch of new listeners. I have a bunch of nicknames. I gave all of them to myself. The Shogun is one of the main ones. The Oracle, you'll see that one a lot. That's because I predict pretty much everything with 100% accuracy. It's not to brag or anything like that. Sombrero Jesse came from our history story we did on Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid had a childhood criminal mentor by the name of Sombrero Jack, and that's just awesome. That's why we are going to have a sombrero in the studio full-time to go with our Japanese katana and our full-size cannon and the life-size portrait of me in some kind of old-school military garb only with my face on it. Chris, I have been debating on the portrait should I be on a horse or should I be on a throne or just standing there? The horse looks pretty awesome. You think it's just me standing there? What Shouldn't it be like an over-the-top horse with muscles coming out of everywhere? Maybe fire or does the horse take away from me? You're right. I'll work it out on my own. Don't worry about it. I can tell you're not going to participate. I can work it out on my own. Anyway, that's how I got the nickname Sombrero. But this lady said, it was a long email, but my job has recently started applying pressure for everyone to get the vaccine before we return to office. I was told we're likely going to have to provide a copy of our vaccine card, which I will not have. I take my career seriously, and I don't like anything causing issues with it, especially when I feel like this is the right decision for me. I am also sick of feeling like a pariah when my decision doesn't affect anyone else. When I say that to others and when I'm challenged on my failure to get the vaccine, or I'm challenged on my failure to get the vaccine, I get the typical CNN talking points of I could spread it to others. My income is the primary income for our family, so I really need to be able to keep my job. Lady would like some insight into what to do. I have some insight for you. Hang on. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. You know the Eden Pure Thunderstorm doesn't have a replaceable filter? You ever had one of the other air purifiers? I've had a ton, as you know. They have... uh, 
filters that get dirty every 30 seconds, and you have to go sink the money into buying new ones. You never have to do that with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It uses sonic technology that produces super oxygen that purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. Your air is so clean, you can taste it. At least I can. When you get your Eden Pure Thunderstorm, I want you to do me a favor. Plug it in, leave your room for a couple hours, and then come back into your room. And send me an email when you do that. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Your air is just clean. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on Locals. I've gone dark on social media for now because my next thing I'm going to put up there is going to be the announcement that is forthcoming shortly. How shortly? I don't know. There are parts of this that are out of my hands. The question was... This lady was the main breadwinner in her family, primary source of income. Employer is starting to require, move towards the requirement of a vaccine. Or you can't come back to work. And it's funny, I got this email because I know someone else in my life. No, it's not me. Don't worry about that. There's someone else in my life who is facing this exact same scenario. He called me about it last night. At first, his employer was sending out information on where they can get the vaccine. And his employer was sending out encouraging emails to go get the vaccine. And he could see the writing on the wall. It's inevitable now. The employer is about to require the vaccine. My buddy, he's also the primary source of income for his family. He also does not want the vaccine. And again, back to what I've said all along on the vaccine. I'm not getting one. I'm not judging anyone who does get one. I totally get it. You get your vaccine if you want to get it. I'm not getting it. I gave you my reasons. I I am not in any way at risk for coronavirus. And I don't believe in getting vaccinated for something that I'm not at risk for. I think that's ridiculous. But I am not judging you if you do at all. I I don't like putting medicines into my body. I mean, I talk to you all the time about not taking allergy medication anymore now because of my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I I didn't like taking allergy medication. I'm not taking a vaccine that I don't have to take. But I'm not judging you either way. That said, and I know this is going to sound possibly unprincipled, I'm simply giving it to you right between the eyes. I also am the primary breadwinner for my family, obviously. I love what I do. But even if I didn't, I'm the primary breadwinner for my family. What if my syndication company, my radio syndication company, came to me and said, Jesse, take this vaccine or you're off the air and you're fired. Now, they wouldn't do that. Don't get me wrong. They would never do that. I'm not in any danger of that. But what if they told me that? It would be so easy for me to sit here right now and tell you, 
I would say no. I will not do it. I will stand on principle. Not in a million years. Nope. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I have a duty to my family to provide for them. I've had to do several things in my life that weren't necessarily something I viewed as healthy in order to take care of my family, in order to pay the bills. Men especially, I understand that actually this probably applies to both sexes equally. Men especially have to do things that aren't necessarily safe to provide for his family. Don't believe me? Go look at, go Google an old picture of men building skyscrapers. You know one of the first things you're going to see? Men standing an inhuman amount of, of feet above the earth with no safety protection up there. Looking at the picture alone makes me want to vomit. Why are they up there? For funsies? They're up there because little Timmy has to eat. Because the wife needs clothes on her back. Because we need a roof over our heads. I'm not telling you what to do. And I don't blame you for being hesitant about about the vaccine. I don't blame you for being pro-vaccine. But I understand there are limits to this. If I'm told, Jesse, get the vaccine or you can't feed your kids anymore, I'm getting the vaccine. I am. Now, I understand that's going to make people mad. It's going to make me sound like an unprincipled jerk. My obligation is to my family first. I must provide. I believe I have a duty to provide. And a man taking risks with his health to provide is not some new phenomenon we've just encountered in 2021. That's the history of the world. That's how I would look at it. That's the best guidance I can give you on that. Michigan Governor Whitmer apologizes for violating indoor dining restrictions. As you know, Governor Ratchet has been out in front on the strictest lockdowns. She has absolutely destroyed the economy and in her state with her idiotic lockdowns. She wouldn't relent. She's been all over it. So what happened? She got busted. Like all the rest of them have gotten busted. There's a picture floating around the internet of her looking pretty hot, I might add. We're eating in a restaurant with a bunch of friends. And what have I said to you over and over and over and over again? It's not that she's a hypocrite. Yes, I mean, she is a hypocrite. All politics are are hypocrites, or all politicians are hypocrites. Shoot, all people are hypocrites. You are too. I am too. We try not to be, right? I know you try not to be. I try not to be, but on some level, you're a hypocrite. Son, don't don't you ever let me catch you having a beer. Honey, will you pass me another? On some level, you're, you're there. But it's not that she's a hypocrite. That's not the lesson you need to take away from Gavin Newsom getting busted eating eating at a restaurant and, and Whitmer getting busted at a restaurant and Nancy Pelosi getting busted in her hair salon and, and Dr. Burks telling you not to travel to meet your family and then traveling to meet her family. And it's not that these people are hypocrites. 
What you have to take from this is the hardest thing to take because of what it means. None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. Governor Whitmer didn't go sit down at that restaurant with no mask on because she's a hypocrite. She was a hypocrite before that. She went to go sit down at that restaurant with no mask on because Governor Whitmer isn't worried about coronavirus. Now, the reason that's such a bitter pill for so many people to swallow is, well, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, here's another headline. This is from townhall.com. Texas reopening had no impact on COVID cases and deaths. You know what it means. It's just hard to put it into words, right? I'll do it because you know I'm a monster and I don't mind being offensive. The truth is, those lockdowns, the masks, stupid social distancing, it didn't do a daggone thing. It didn't do a thing. Oh, it wrecked the economy. Won Joe Biden the election, no question about that. Destroyed, I think the number is a third of restaurants in the country closed for good. Uh, untold amounts of debt. We still have a commercial real estate crisis coming, and then there'll be a banking crisis after that. I mean, the, the, the financial impact of this, the mental health, suicides, drug use. I mean, the, the damage will never be fully calculated. But the truth is, none of what the system told you to do about coronavirus was a solution for coronavirus. And none of the people who push these restrictions... None of them are worried. Governor Ratchet sat down in that restaurant for one reason and one reason only. She's not worried about getting coronavirus or passing it on to anyone else. Emerald Robinson, next. Jake's Mint Chew. It's how you're finally going to be done dipping. It's how you're finally going to be done smoking. Hear me out. Hear me out. I know you as a smoker or you as a dipper, I know you have a routine. Oh, it's uh, it's 10.30 a.m. at the office. Got all my stuff done in the morning. Time for time for a 15-minute smoke break. Take that every 10, every, every, every 10.30. No. This time, just one time, all I'm asking you to do is try it one time. Go to Jake's Mint Chew, buy their CBD pouches. They have four different flavors of CBD pouches. Go get some CBD pouches. Next smoke break, next dip break, throw one of those CBD pouches in your lip. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Tobacco-free, nicotine-free. jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you do it. For 20% off. Last 
however many decades, you know, some of the major issues that we've had to deal with. I would say two of the major issues when people look back on this period will be the efficacy of coronavirus lockdowns and the origin of the coronavirus in Wuhan, China. Oh, I can't wait to hear everyone get fired up about this. Joining me now, White House correspondent, friend of the show with Newsmax, Emerald Robinson. Emerald, I don't know if you've heard, I'm just breaking this story now. Coronavirus may have originated in a lab in China. Did You You didn't know anything about this, right? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I thought it came from a wet market via some weird named animal or a bat that they currently eat in China. Uh, no, in all seriousness, look, I said to everybody an hour ago on the show, I said Emerald Robinson was all over this story a year and a <laughs> half ago, and everyone in the media made her sound like some kind of kook for it, and now they're all reporting this as if they're discovering it. My jaw's hitting the they're floor. They're breaking. Oh, yes, breaking they're totally news. breaking the news. <laughs> Emerald, what, what does it mean if it did come from the lab, which I think we can all assume is a fact at this point in time, what are, where do we do then? Emerald, that's an act of war, if that's intentional. Well, you know what? First off, we should get the WIV off the NIH-approved list for funding, which is still on. That might be a good start. <sighs> Can you explain Dr. Fauci's connection to the WID, please? Okay, yes, because he does a very he, – he uses, you know, tricky language, as does the NIH when they put statements out. They say that they did not approve funding for gain-of-function research, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's wordsmithing because what they did is they give money to a third-party group, and that, in this case, was Echo Health Alliance. This is led by uh, a guy named Peter Danzig. He, he's talked openly – about his group funding and supporting gain-of-function research and how you manipulate viruses via the spike protein so you can kind of get ahead of the game, seeing how they evolve in order to develop vaccines. So they, at the very least, filtered $600,000 that was given to them by the NIH, which the NIH gave them millions uh, to, to Wuhan for this kind of uh, experiment. Now, it's extremely concerning because at the time, you know, giving this money, there was already concerns about even if, let's say, the Chinese were adhering to uh, safety standards and they didn't have a military bioweapons program going on at that lab, let's say you just take those conditions out of the, you know, which that was the case. Um it's still very dicey. Even former President Obama was against gain-of-function research because, look, there's no way to guarantee that this virus doesn't jump to a human and leave the lab. How can you tell when a person is walking out of the lab if they have vi- they've just gotten uh, exposed to a virus? It's not like radiation. It's not like you know nuclear technology where you can see it. And so it's problematic. And from what I understand in talking to many scientists, is you don't even need to now evolve these vaccines. They know how they work. And they're so good with vaccine technology that they can, you know, figure it out in advance just already. But Dr. Fauci, who says he's never supported gain-of-function research, let's talk about a little more revisionist history. We went back and looked, and he wrote an op-ed in support of it in 2018 where he said, um, "It." Uh, let me. he said, much good can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. That was his word, much good. 
the WAPO has somehow revised that at some point since then to say that he said important information and insights can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. Just as they've, they're rewriting the history about how they didn't try to dis- discredit it the whole last year, and they're breaking it now. I, but don't worry. I saved their article. Oh, I, I have no doubt you saved the, rece- the receipts. All right, Emerald, you were the best one we've been on this show by a mile at dropping us spicy gossip dirt about the status of Joe Biden in the White House. Because you're a White House correspondent. You talk to these people. You have sources. I'm not a journalist, so I don't have any sources. Edward, what's the newest news around the White House? Well, here's what's interesting. And this is the appearance it is giving, is that Chief of Staff Ron Klain is now trying to make it seem as if Biden is more active in the policy and what goes on and more interactive. And I've noticed the shift since I asked Jen Psaki about Obama 3.0 Friday, a couple of Fridays ago, remember, and she kind of lost her mind and, you know, Oh yes. Who's saying that? Who's saying that? So now I have like a ton of trolls coming out. People are saying, Uh, but look, I have noticed a little bit of a shift in them trying to create the appearance that, Biden is more in control. I see Kamala's team still acting the same. She still was the first to hold a bilat, a one-on-one, with um, the Korean president, South Korean president, Moon Jae-in, on last Friday when he came, which is unusual still. And, uh, you know, it's still run. The protocols are very different from former administrations. He did. President Joe Biden did a little more on his schedule last week than he had been doing. But he still went to Delaware over the weekend. Emerald, what's what's the relationship like, or what are you picking up on as far as Kamala's team versus Biden's team? I, I just have a I'm hard time believing from the outside looking in that they get along, or do they get along? So it seems I haven't heard they don't get along, but I'll tell you the power dynamic seems that is actually Kamala Harris's team who are the more powerful. They're also the more confident on the property. Um, Whereas Biden's team is quieter. They're not out there talking to the press as much. Um, They seem, and then you already have Jen Psaki saying she's going to pack it in in a year. And I'll tell you, Simone Sanders walks around the four block radius here around the White House acting like she owns the place. Explain who Simone Sanders is for people who don't know. She's she's Kamala Harris's communications director. Remember, she used to be the spokeswoman for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. I remember she was the one who tackled that person who went running on the stage. I remember Simone Sanders. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. This whole White House dynamic, I find it to be fascinating. Do you think if you had to guess, not that I think you've heard this, but do you think they actually already have an agreement in place, Emerald, of, hey, give him a year, then he'll go, don't make waves about it? Like, Is there an unspoken or maybe even spoken agreement, let's give Joe a year, and then it's your turn, Kamala? That's not what is very clear. It definitely appeared that way going in. And then about a month ago, you started seeing the negative articles about Joe Biden, Start almost in coordination out of nowhere. Politico posted that his 
top-level aides don't have access to him, and they're very frustrated because they work on important portfolios that would normally have ready access to the president, but they never get to talk to him. Then you saw the New York Times piece saying that he had a um, he has a short fuse, and you know he gets mired in the details and can't make decisions. But if you actually just read that article, it sounds like it takes a lot to get the details into him, and they have to go over and over and over them, and he gets frustrated. Um, so you're seeing these little leaks all of a sudden. As we both know, Jesse Kelly, uh, corporate uh, corporate media doesn't report on anything that is not sanctioned by the DNC. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're putting this out there is very telling. Emerald Robinson, everybody, new White House correspondent with Newsmax. Thank you, Emerald. That was awesome as always. Thanks, Jesse. Always fun to talk to you. All right. I'm going to get up to the, all the headlines I didn't get to. And look, we can talk a little bit more about this if your employer is requiring the vaccine thing. But we'll address that here in just a moment. You know my Northwest Retention Systems custom holster? You know what it says? Have you ever seen those flags with a divided up snake on them from the American Revolution? The one that says, join or die? I have those flags all over my Northwest Retention Systems holster. And it's so comfortable. Because again, these things are not mass produced in a factory in China. The gear you get from Northwest Retention Systems is custom-made gear. Custom-made gear. Make sure you check out their Scout Chest Holster. That's their bestseller. Fellas, if you're one of those guys who likes to wear the button-up shirts, please check out a Scout Chest Holster, please. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. For 10% off. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. What does a man do, Walter? A man provides for his family. When you have children, you always have family. They will always be your priority, your responsibility. And a man, a man provides. And he does it even when he's not appreciated or respected. He simply bears up and he does it because he's a man. That was from the legendary TV show Breaking Bad. And look, the email question was, it is the Jesse Kelly Show, by the way, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And I have a few of these. I just paraphrased it down into one. Quite a few of these emails of my employer is going to make me take the vaccine. I don't want to take the vaccine. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? It's your body. I've never told you to take a vaccine. I've never told you not to take a vaccine, nor will I. You do you. 
I'll do me. I just gave you the reasons I'm not going to take it. However, a man provides. A man provides. Let's say you're one of those people who thinks the vaccine is pure poison and it's going to cut 15 years off your life. The kid's still got to eat. Mama's got to have a roof over her head. Men take risks with their health to provide for their family. I've already told you I'm not getting the vaccine. And just like I told you earlier in the show, if my syndication company came to me, and they won't do it, but but if they came to me and said, Jesse, take this vaccine now or you're fired, I would probably take it. My kids have to eat. Headline, man sets fire to gas pump trying to kill spider. (sighs) I think that's reasonable. Headline, Salmonella. CDC urges Americans not to kiss chickens amid outbreak. I will be honest with you, and this is from BBC.com. I initially saw this headline and I rolled my eyes and said, that's so stupid. Who's kissing chickens anyway? And then I remembered women exist. You 100% know there are women who, oh, look at the little stuff. Look at little feathers. I'm going to go out and snuggle with feathers today. You know they do that because Disney movies have ruined animals for women. That's why people get run over by buffalo every year in Yellowstone National Park because everyone thinks that this Disney movie, look at the precious buffalo, sweetie. Come on, I have to get a selfie for Instagram. Oh, no, his horn's in my lung. Headline, this is from Miami Herald. People continue to find bundles of cocaine washing up in the Florida Keys. This is really weird, but I have a thing I have to say here, Chris. And I understand this is weird. I understand we're going to get some pushback. Whenever I hear stories like this, I think to myself, I'd love to know the story behind that. Right? Okay, bundles of cocaine. I want to know. Here's what I want to know. I want a movie made about this. And it'll never be done for obvious reasons, for the incriminating reasons. I want a movie that starts at the, what is it, the coca plant? Is that what it's called down in Columbia? That starts at the coca plant in Columbia and walks you through a little grain of cocaine. Do they call them grains? I don't, I'm not exactly what you'd call a cocaine expert, but it walks you through a grain of cocaine all the way through its life. As it gets shipped to America. Now, I would definitely want one of the ones where the ship crashes or something. One, so we don't import more drugs into the country. And two, I don't want the end of the movie to be the grain of cocaine I've been watching being snorted up somebody's nose. I think that's probably a little gross and probably went a little too far just now. But I want to know what happened out there. Was it a submarine crash? You know they have submarines, Chris. I I bet it was a submarine crash. That'd be sweet. 49 kilos, not 650. But, uh, <laughs> that was one of our old voicemails we were left. Uh, you people are cynical. All right, headline. New York City man allegedly torched a synagogue and Jewish school, court documents say. Apparently there's been a uh, charge of Ali Alahari was setting fire to a yeshiva. Chris, what's a yeshiva? That's a school, right? 
in a synagogue in Brooklyn on May 19, 2021. He was arrested in Dobbs Ferry, New York on Friday. Remember we opened up the beginning of the show? And remember, you can hear any part of the show you missed, including our story on Meyer Lansky. It's all podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. But remember we talked in the beginning of the show about your culture is going to get more of what it incentivizes? I'll just simply say this. Setting the Jews versus Palestinians thing aside, because we already addressed that last week, remember the last year in America has... Random violence against people you don't like been discouraged or encouraged over the last year, would you say? Yeah, that's why we're getting a lot more of it. This is from theblaze.com. New York Times finds support for Black Lives Matter has plummeted since last summer, only it makes zero references to the months of riots. Look, Black Lives Matter is a domestic terrorist Marxist front group. That's all they are. But here's the thing. That's all they ever were. Why did you get fooled? I didn't. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. A couple more headlines. Redstate.com. What's behind the black on Asian hate crime? White supremacy, claims a Colorado professor. Don't send your kids to college unless they have to go to college. Please hear me on this. I understand there are some jobs. If the kid knows that's what they want to do, they got to go to college. I get that. Unless they absolutely have to be there. Do not send your children to these communist training camps where they will learn how to hate America. It's the Jesse Kelly Show. You can email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you, nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.